Hi, this is Laura Camacho, and welcome to episode number 94 of the Speak Up podcast, where we talk about the conversations you need to have to reach your goals. Because if you think about it, most things come to you through conversations, and that could be conversations with yourself, with people at work, with people at home. And today I have a great interview I'm going to share in just a minute with the CEO of Charleston's leading recruiting firm. Her name is Christina Locke, and she is a skilled conversationalist. In fact, she says that she has conversations for a living. And I think if you reflect on what you do every day at work, more than likely you too talk for a living or communicate for a living because uh, what in McSoning and Institute, uh, communication encompasses listening and it encompasses speaking like it does everywhere else. But here, our methodology also focuses on how you interpret situations because our beliefs filter our perception of reality and those beliefs and convictions and ideas often keep us from seeing things clearly or seeing things that can help us. And on this topic, today is the first day of fall or autumn, if you prefer. And in Charleston, it is so nice. It's a little bit cooler. I mean, when it gets below 80, that's, you know, we start pulling out our sweaters almost, at least I do. Uh, So it's, it's a lovely day. And it also reminds me that the last quarter of the year is right around the corner, starts in less than 10 days. And it, but it doesn't really matter uh, where, what, what day it is when you're listening to this. I want to talk about finishing strong. So you can think about if, you're, if it's the morning, you can think about finishing your day strong. You can think about finishing your week strong, the month, the quarter, the year. Uh, it's just easy uh, to peter out at the end and to just kind of think, oh, I just, just drag yourself over the finish line. And I think it's so much more rewarding if we can give it a, get a little boost of energy to finish whatever it is, to finish strong. That's an important theme to me. And of course, that's one thing to say, and it's another thing to implement. So I have a little tool that uh, in the form of some questions you can ask yourself. I have three questions that you can ask yourself to help you decide where you need to focus your your personal resources, meaning your time, uh, your energy, maybe your money, uh, just your brain. (laughs) Like, where do you want to focus to finish strong? So the first question I want you to ask yourself are what are three things you are exceptionally good at? It can be personal, it can be professional, like Christina Locke, who you're about to hear the interview with her, Definitely, she is a skilled conversationalist. I would say that is her superpower. Um, yours might be giving feedback. It might be encouraging. It might be clarifying complicated topics. It might be connecting dots for people. It might be putting together PowerPoint slides, visual support for a presentation. It might be listening. But the reason you want to think about these three things that you're exceptionally good at is not to feed your ego and so you can think, oh, I'm so amazing, which of course you are, but to have an, you know, to live your best life, we need to take the skills 
and the aptitudes that come easier to us are our strengths. And that's the area we can get into our zone of genius. And so just reminding ourselves what those strengths are, what those superpowers are, is helpful, helpful for us to make decisions. Like that's a filter, like, well, am I going to take a course in Python or am I going to take a course in public speaking? Well, I might decide, you know, what am I already pretty good at, but I could take it to the next level. And... If you get clear on what your superpowers are, and I would think of one to three, then you can help develop those in your people and so develop their sense of agency, which is going to make them more high performance. So your team is going to be more high performing. So the first question I want you to ask yourself are what are three things that you're exceptionally good at? And the second question I want you to ask yourself or what are three things that recharge your batteries or energize you or bring a smile to your face? For in, in my case, a good book, oh my goodness, that literally changes my life. And, and, and I say that just, I just, for the first time in my life, I bought a book and returned it. It was so bad. I'm not going to tell you the name of it, but I was just super disappointed. But a good book, whether it's good fiction or nonfiction, uh, the, the Last Lion was a biography of Winston Churchill. Huge book. It took me forever to get through it. It was so good, though. A Gentleman in Moscow. That book, it was so well written and so creative and so well put together. And it's coming out as a, in a movie. Uh, th those books just really charged me. Getting a change of scenery. And, of course, that can be travel or that can be going to the beach or for me in Charleston that can be going downtown it can be going to Atlanta going to Charlotte I just had a fun trip to Charlotte so that's really charges my batteries or uh, just chatting with people I haven't seen in a long time that's another way even though I'm an introvert uh, when I reconnect with lost friends or friends I haven't seen in a while that really recharges my batteries so you want to have a list of those things so that you can keep your batteries charge because you know life is hard you know that already and we have to take care of ourselves nobody else is going to do it for us and so we have to be constantly you know keeping ourselves at our best in order to take on the challenges that are thrown at us and the ones that we pursue so the second question what are the three things that recharge your batteries and Number three, are what are three energy drains? Things that you just hate doing. Like one of mine is accounting. I completely outsource that. I have a, I do like counting my revenues. <laughs> I have a, a, an Excel spreadsheet where I like to keep track of my revenues, but the expense side, pff, I just have a box of invoices that I give to the accountant. Um, what are the things that drain your energy? Sometimes sometimes in my life, going to the grocery store was an energy drain. And now we have the online shopping. You can also hire a personal assistant. I was able to hire off my kids to do that or make them do it for a while. Uh, but you want to know what those things are that have to be done, but they don't charge your batteries to see if you can delegate them or not do them. You know, I have a cleaning lady who comes. Um... You can have somebody do errands for you, take your car to get 
washed, for example, or not. I mean, so for some people, and sometimes it is fun to do these mindless things because you feel so productive and it's not so taxing to, to do that like it is to put together a complex proposal, for example. So to sum this up, three questions that are going to help you decide where to put your energy to finish strong, whether it's this year, this month, this day, this week, and that's what, what are three things I'm exceptionally good at, what are three things that recharge my batteries, and what are three energy drains? And this is a, these are questions that you can modify them and use them in your one-on-one -on -one conversations with your reports, with your team meetings, just to keep everybody thinking about you know, moving forward, strengthening themselves, getting better, doing their best work. And now we are going to switch to the interview with Christina Locke. Thank you. Hi, this is Laura Camacho, the communication coach at Mixonian Institute, and welcome to the Speak Up podcast. And today we have a special guest, Miss Christina Locke, and she is the CEO of Woman Owned Catch Talent, which is one of the top recruiting uh, companies in Charleston, and they work not only in the Low Country but nationally with an emphasis on the East Coast with technology firms, with fast growing technology firms, finding that talent that the companies need to really solidify their competitive edge and keep growing. So, welcome to the Speak Up podcast, Christina. Thank you, Laura. I'm so glad you took time. I know you're super busy. Christina is also a mom of two boys and she travels a lot. And I was just telling her, I, I don't travel a lot. And I just came back from a business trip to Charlotte and I'm feeling like splattered. But now that I've got this podcast going on, I'm focused. And um, so Christina, uh, I like to start off by asking about, you know, communication is something that's easy to teach or to talk about, but it's hard to implement. And the the default is always to assume, well, these other people are not good listeners or they weren't paying attention or they didn't want to hear me. It's, all, it's so easy to, you know, blame the other people and, and not work on your own way of getting the message across. Do you have any conversations that you've learned from that you could share a little bit, like how you thought, you, you know, that it would work one way and it turned out that didn't go the way it was planned and, and what you learned from that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think a lot, like a lot of things, communication and your style of communication is something that is learned over time. You know, if I, if I looked at myself right out of college versus now, I'm sure I'd be mortified <laughs> um, by how I went in front of a client or, you know, even talked to a candidate at that time. So a lot of it is, uh, you know, that rinse and repeat of, you know, getting used to um, how you say something. I was, I took theater in college um, and in high school, and I feel like that <clears throat> broke me out of my shell a little bit because I was rehearsing lines. I got to play almost like a character a bit, and and with that, I started to use that in the workforce. So I would literally have a script in front of me until I could say it and make it my own and have the script that was felt comfortable. I knew what I was going to say. And if someone asked me a question, I also had some of the answers prepared in my head as well. Um, so a situation that did not go well uh, is when you have to go off script and improvise a little bit. Um, I think in particular early in my career, you know, I was um, in the recruiting industry and had a client um, you know, that was not very happy with someone that we had placed. 
And, you know, he basically said, you know, we, we paid you this amount of money to identify someone for us. This person isn't working out. And I, I just went off script, you know, and I think I said, well, we'll just, we'll just replace them for free uh, or something to that extent. And um, needless to say, you know, my boss and everyone else was not super happy with that, but I think I just need your reaction. Um, I think I was caught in the moment and I was a, a bit of a, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, so I think in that moment I was trying to please him, please the situation, make the situation better. Um, and ultimately learn from that in the future. I think, Sometimes listening is the most powerful thing to do versus just speaking out and reacting right away. There's a lot of things you can say to buy yourself time. So if you're in a situation, you can say, I'm glad you asked that question or, um, you know, certainly want to remedy the situation. Would it be, you know, feasible for me to come back to you? Let me speak with my manager or my partners and come back to you in a couple hours. And I think you have time to breathe a little bit. You have time to think about how you want to approach things versus just, you know, reacting to something that's happened to you. Yes, that, that, that is so, that's um, such a good lesson. And it, and it is, I think it's a kind of a beginner mistake is that just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean you have to answer it in that moment. And, and mm -hmm. even sometimes, you know, not when you've made a mistake like that, or, you know, or you're put on the spot, but you can be working in your office or in your cubicle and the boss just, you know, ambushes you and, you know, wants ask you a question. And if you're introverted or you're not prepared in that moment, you can give a reactionary answer that's not the best. So, you know, like you said, either buying a few seconds of time by, you know, commenting on the quality of the question or how important it is or offering to get back to the person later. It's such a mistake to think that you have to give the answer in that moment. And, right. um, yes, and I, and I like that you say that you're, you learn your communication style and strength over time. I mean, I'm still working on it and I've been in it a long time and I, and you're right, I go back to my younger years and I am just so embarrassed of how I really failed to communicate. But anyway, <laughs> such is life, live and learn. And I think in that situation too, I think it's okay to also admit that you haven't been in the situation before. I think, you know, honesty goes a long way. So to say, I honestly haven't been in this situation before. If you can, you know, if we can regroup tomorrow or next week, that goes a lot further than trying to backtrack your way out of something you've said. That's true. But I would offer a caveat with, I, I do think, of course, honesty is what we all strive to practice and be transparent, but that's, Sometimes it doesn't mean that you say everything you know in every single yeah, exactly. moment, but there, but there is a mistake. Sometimes I catch people saying, well, to be honest, and I think that is, um, it's a false amigo. I mean, to, you know, yeah. because it gives the impression that you're not always being honest. I would so agree. That I catch people on and help them to not say that, to say instead to be frank uh, mm -hmm. or to be candid. So what about a time where a communication, a conversation, shall we say, like had a, a big impact on your career or your life? Do you have any like big stories? Because if you think about it, you know, you get a job from 
a conversation, you get a promotion from a conversation, you get a divorce from a conversation. I mean, that's really how things happen. Right. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. There have been so many. I mean, I, I talk for a living uh, as a recruiter, uh, and obviously on the client side of things, I mean that's a big piece of of my job, and and always has been. So I was trying to think, and there are so many that that stand out to me. Um, in particular, I think women, especially, and not to categorize us, we don't we don't speak up enough. We don't ask for things that we want, and. Um, you know, sometimes I think it's just that bold move of letting someone know whether it is a promotion or a client, what you want and, and being forthright about that and not being afraid to ask for it. So in particular, um, it was the first job change I ever made. So I'd been with a company for four years. Um, I was moving to a new area. Um, it was a company I really wanted to work for. They were Fortune 500. And um, I was speaking with you know, it was their SVP of talent. So really intimidating, <laughs> um, being brand new and interviewing for this role that I knew other people were also interviewing for. So um, he asked me a question that I, you know, I knew how he wanted it addressed. Essentially it was in recruiting, are you gonna use this machine pointing to his computer or this machine? And he pointed to the phone. And, you know, it's so easy in, in what we do to have almost um, fall back on computers and email and things that don't make that direct impact. And so I said, of course, the phone, you know, you can pick up the phone, have a more genuine connection. That's the first thing that I rely on is how do I get this person on the phone? I can talk about, especially in recruiting, I can talk about a job opportunity. I can talk about what's driving them and, and get them engaged much faster than the email snail trail, you know, email, you're waiting for someone to respond then you're trying to connect and find a time. So at that moment, I knew I had that job. You know, I think he immediately said, that's exactly the answer I wanted. I think that's what we're missing in this role is someone that is willing and bold enough to pick up the phone and talk to candidates. Um, so I remember being um, really, proud of that moment and just knowing that I feel like that solidified the job for me. I'm sure it did. And, and, and in today it's, it's hard to find people, especially young people who are, are willing and comfortable picking up the phone. My youngest child just started a job with State Farm Insurance in Columbia and she is learning and she's just been in the job a few months and the where she is now from where she was a couple months ago as far as using the phone is, is night and day and i just laugh at all the times i told her you need to just pick up the phone when she would be texting but one right. thing i thought is interesting i that you said that we as women don't speak up enough and that's a topic very dear to my heart and because i look back at myself and sometimes it wasn't that I wasn't, I mean, it was, it's not that I was like afraid to say something, but I didn't know what to say. Or, or even in the case, this to me is a super important case. Like when you are receiving a job offer that you can negotiate that. I did not know that until mm -hmm. 2009 when Co College of Charleston called me to, to offer me a job to bring me from North Carolina to Charleston. I was on the freeway. I pulled over and I asked for, you know, them to pay for my move. I asked for more money. And that was the first time I had actually been in the position of receiving a job offer and asking for more, but not because I was afraid to, I, I literally 
did not know that that's what you could do. It, to me, it was like, you, show, you know, you see something at Vogue and you buy it. <laughs> I, I didn't. So I think there's also a lot, like if your parents were not in corporate, my, my dad was self-employed. My mom was a teacher. I mean, you, sometimes you just, you don't know what you don't know. So um, it, it, but that's, talking to people though, you can learn things like that. Well, this, yeah. this has been so interesting, and, and it's uh, true that you do speak for a living, um, mm -hmm. uh, both in growing your company to get new clients and in getting the people uh, good jobs and making sure it's a good fit. So do you have any um, advice that you give people to help them communicate more powerfully or to speak up appropriately or to know when to speak up? Uh, what would you say to someone who's asking for your communication advice? You know, I think a long time ago, um, and especially because uh, generally when you're interviewing with a company, the first step is over the phone. Mm -hmm. um, I Someone once told me to stand in front of a mirror and stand up. So you are automatically have this sense of confidence, smile when you're speaking and looking in the mirror, you're watching yourself talk and, and you just have more inflection in your voice. You have um, a lot more confidence because you're standing versus sitting. So that's one thing easy, really easy to do. Um, you know, obviously don't take that phone and review in a noisy mall or, you know, try to, try to make it a quiet place that you can, you can focus. Um, but outside of that, I think in an interview preparation and research is key. So, um, that is for me, table stakes. If you haven't, if you haven't researched a company, if you haven't looked at the LinkedIn profiles of the folks that you're meeting with, um, and coming prepared with questions, I mean, that goes a long way and, and you'd be surprised even as, um, competitive a market it is for candidates right now, it truly is a candidate's market you know, you still want to make a good impression. You never know in the future when you're going to cross paths, even if you don't want that position or it's not the right fit at this time. Um, it's a very small world and it's getting smaller. So, you know, making that impression, making, you know, yourself um, an advocate for maybe the future, um, I would just say to prepare, prepare, prepare. Ah, I love that. That speaks to my teacher heart. Yes. Do your homework. Do your I told homework. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. So just to recap the, uh, Christina's advice, which I totally agree with everything she said, that you should stand up when you're on the phone. Is any kind of high stakes phone conversation, yes, to stand up and if possible, look in the mirror and make yourself smile to do your homework, to research, because yes, it's so true. I uh, have people you know, come to me as clients that I met years ago and kind of thought, gave up on them as prospects. And, you know, two years later, they come back to you because you made a good impression that time. So, it, it, and you just, you know, I think every conversation is an opportunity. And, and to that point, you're saying that even if you don't want the job, you do want to make a good impression and build that relationship because you just mm -hmm. never know. So Christina, if somebody is looking for a job or if a company is looking to hire people, what is the best way that they can get in touch with you? Uh, well, easily you can visit our website, catchtalent.com. Uh, we're also obviously on, on social media. We host uh, Disrupt HR events as well, twice a year. So you can always find us there. 
Um, but obviously we're out networking pretty frequently um, and can reach anyone on our team um, at any given point. All right, so I'll put the um, Catch Talent uh, link in the show notes and in, in the newsletter that will go out Monday with this interview. So thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. It's great to hear from someone who talks for a living and is the one and leading one of the fast growing companies in the low country. It's very exciting. So thank you. Thank you, Laura. All right. 